for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show. It's been almost five years since Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City for the bright lights of the Bay Area. And rumors have swirled for a while that the Greek freak, the reigning NBA MVP, may be the next superstar to do the same. I mean, the similarities between their situations are endless. Or are they? With help from Warriors beat writer Anthony Slater, we discuss why the Warriors' path to Giannis is far less plausible than it was to Kevin Durant. It's Monday, May 25th. All right, Anthony, tell us about the parallels between Durant when the Warriors got him five years ago and Giannis now. They're both really, really good, and entering free agency is probably, I would say, you know, Kevin back in 2016 and Giannis next summer, it'll actually be 2021 summer, would enter free agency if he does. We don't know if he's going to yet. But as top five free agent in NBA history, probably, I mean, we're talking about a wing, which is now the most valued position, entering really the front side of their prime. I think Katie was 27 at the time. Giannis will be 26 next summer. So, I mean, we are talking about arguably Kevin then and Giannis now the best player in the world entering the market as really knowing you're going to get the best player in the world potentially for the next five years. And what did the Warriors landing such a massive free agent in Durant do for their reputation five years ago? Particularly now, it just makes people believe uh, that they can swing for the fences and hit another home run. I mean, it's just kind of sports uh, in general and really life in general. Once you do something, you just kind of gain a reputation as someone to be scared that, that you can repeat it. You know, and that goes for if Patrick Mahomes makes the type of plays he does a few times early in his career, suddenly when you're playing Patrick Mahomes, you're like, uh-oh, you know, even if we rush him, even if, you know, we have three guys in the pocket, he might squirt out of it and throw 40 yards, you know, Russell Wilson too, all these guys. And to me, that's kind of become the Warriors with big name NBA free agents. I remember LeBron was entering free agency when he was last year in Cleveland a couple years ago, and there were suddenly reports that LeBron might consider the Warriors and they were a threat. That's right. And I was like, what? Um <laughs> Look, the Warriors would love to have Giannis. If they can somehow get a crack at him, they would love that. But if you really, truly like look at the paths, it's nothing like the Durant situation. And we can get to the specifics of why. But I truly believe the noise out there is mostly because we know they've done it in the past. Okay, so let's get into some of those specifics. What is different between when the Warriors got KD five years ago and today? Three main things, I would say. To me, it can start at like where the Warriors are in their progression. Five years is a long time in the NBA. You know, when KD came to the Hamptons to meet with all the Warriors, he's 27, Steph's 27, Clay and Draymond are 26. They're all kind of deciding together as they go through the prime years. And most people in sports consider the prime years right around 27 to 31. Let's go dominate the league together. We're all in the same age bracket. We're going to age similarly. And we're going to probably win a lot of titles. And it ended up they won two out of three years before KD leaves. As far as next summer, Steph will be 33. Clay and Draymond will be 31. And when we get into the money side of this, Clay and Draymond probably wouldn't even be around. So this wouldn't be Giannis just like, you know, stepping onto a dynasty in motion. Hey, let's just go win a bunch of titles. It'd kind of be the start of a rebuild around him, which is a lot less appealing, you know, for, you know, a star to step into. You know, it's become a team up type world. And yes, Teaming up with Steph Curry is the appeal for Giannis, but this it's nothing like Katie stepping into like a ready-made, just like, you know, domination ship. And then the bigger thing is money. The reality is the Warriors were in a perfect setup, salary cap-wise, to fit in KD. 
They didn't even have to do a sign-in trade. They didn't even have to do any crazy maneuvers. Whereas, you know, Giannis, it would have to be a whole string of machinations and stuff to get it done. Mm, Okay. Why couldn't they just sign him out right? Well, let's go back to KD quick at the time. Steph Curry, 2012, signed a very cheap for what his market would become contract. It was just the timing ended up perfectly. He signed the rookie extension while he was going through the ankle stuff. You know, by the end of that four-year rookie extension, which is when they're going to get KD, he was a MVP already, two-time MVP, but he still had one more year left on the deal. It was only $12 million. He was like the 82nd highest paid player in the league, even though he had just won back-to-back MVPs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Clay and Draymond, they had signed a little bit richer extensions, but not that much. I think they're both around like 14, 15 million, like 44th highest played player in basketball, 48th. They had won the title two years previous. They had won 73 games. They didn't have one player that was top 40 in salary in the NBA. So that allowed them to have a super cheap books. And then the cap spike happens at the time. The TV money floods into the league that summer, which spikes up the salary cap way higher than previously expected and that just basically creates an empty max slot for a team that's you know 73 win team all they had to really do is kind of just like flick Andrew Bogut's last year of his deal over to Dallas and they had a max slot for Kevin Durant just in free agency whereas now Steph Curry is this past season made 40 million he's the first player in NBA history to make 40 million in a single season by the summer they would have to get Giannis he's making 45 million Clay Thompson signed his full max last summer. He's making $37 million. Andrew Wiggins is on just a mega max. He'll be up over $30 million by then. And Draymond Green signed his max uh, extension. He'll be like right around the $24 million range. So the combined salaries are so far ahead of what even the salary cap is projected to be. And again, we could talk about maybe trading for Giannis, but I think that's just a ridiculous scenario because I don't think Milwaukee's going to do it. Okay, well, what would a trade look like? And why don't you think Milwaukee would do it? The one way it could happen is if Milwaukee this summer, basically, before he enters free agency next summer, decides, you know, we're going to trade him because we know he's leaving. And they would really only do that if he went full Anthony Davis on them, like Anthony Davis did in New Orleans. It was like pretty much came out publicly. Because other than that, I mean, the uh, backlash, it's not something Giannis wants. But if Milwaukee traded him without Giannis coming out publicly and saying it, it's not something Milwaukee wants with their fan base. And they're chasing the title. They were the best team in the East this past year. Anyone you talk to around the league doesn't think there's any chance Milwaukee and Giannis will split up this summer, even if he doesn't sign the Supermax. So then it would have to come in free agency the following year. And to do that, they clearly, if you look at the cap and all the numbers I just said, they're just in another planet. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty it, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, they cannot just outright sign him like they did with KD. So then it would have to be via sign-and-trade. The challenge with the sign-and-trade is it triggers a hard cap, which we just learned this past summer with D'Angelo Russell. It's what put the kind of Warriors in handcuffs this last year. And because of where all the monster salaries that the Warriors have are, you could sign-and-trade with the salaries that, like let's say with Andrew Wiggins, you're telling the Bucks, who, who are being told by Giannis, hey, I'm signing elsewhere anyways. If you want to get something in return, sign in, trade me to the Warriors. They go, okay, we'll take Wiggins and a couple picks. That's fine, but that hard caps the Warriors. You're adding Giannis's salary. You already have Clay's, Draymond's, and Steph's. You're already way too far over. You cannot be hard capped and have Steph's, Clay's, and even Giannis's. Forget Draymond's for a second. Those three are already too high under the hard cap. So you'd also have to trade Clay. 
and you'd have to trade him into empty space elsewhere because you need to find a place that doesn't have to send you back matching salaries and there aren't too many landing spots out there and then you're basically giving away clay thompson like i know this all sounds very confusing but there's just so many unlikely machinations here and competing agendas out there and and the need for rival teams to step in and i'm not saying it's impossible but it's so unlike the Durant situation. And you got to remember the fact that Giannis is on a really good team in Milwaukee. A, a team that some would argue would be better than a completely rebuilding, gutted Warriors roster under Giannis and, and a 33-year-old Steph Curry. Well, it sounds like what you're saying, because I agree with you. All, all the hard cap and salary cap stuff is pretty confusing. It's sounding like what you're saying is... All the Warriors right now are making a ton of money. (laughs) So it's going to be really hard to unload those contracts anywhere else. And very few people are going to want to help the Warriors at this point to do anything like that. Whereas five years ago, it kind of was the perfect storm of the timing was luck and there was space and everything worked out perfectly. Yes. And the other thing that must be mentioned here is not only is it not a perfect storm this time around, it's turning into like a nightmare storm because... The league is concerned about the salary cap potentially dropping as much as 25 to $30 million. That's what has been reported by ESPN, is that owners are, are already bracing for that impact, that the salary cap is projected to go up the next couple of years, I believe, at around like 116, 125 range by the time Giannis would hit free agency, which it's still really, really challenging for the Warriors to somehow fit him in under the future that we expected. But now that... This pandemic has hit, and there were a bunch of regular season games lost. The Warriors lost seven home games themselves, but across the league, they lost a bunch of regular season games. They're going to lose fans in the arena for the playoffs, which is a bunch of money. We are not sure yet if they might just lose the playoffs in general, which is a you know crazy amount of money. And since that's going to lower the salary cap to a point we don't know yet, because none of us can sift through all the financial damage. It's not done yet, what we're dealing with. But the reality is... Instead of the cap spike of 2016 that somehow created the room for KD, the Warriors are very likely looking at a, a salary cap drop that is going to, beyond like the, the this unlikely road to Giannis, it creates a conversation that we need to have about how the Warriors might need to really maneuver their future salary plans, particularly with the fact that Chase Center is empty right now. They've can't you know they've postponed. 20 concerts and stuff and seven home games and there's no guarantee fans will be in the arena next year like there's just a lot of financial questions ahead that just to me it creates even more unlikeliness to this Giannis stuff okay and with all of that said Anthony I mean let's just get down to it Giannis and Seth Curry share an agent the Currys and Giannis's family are friends so that's enough right like throw all the stuff you talked about that was confusing out the window they'll figure out a way to make it happen they are friendly, and I have heard the argument in the in the days since, and most of the people I talk around in the NBA before this article I put out and even after are like, yeah, it's ridiculous, it's so unlikely, <laughs> you know, the numbers don't make sense, all the 25 different things that need to happen. But the only, I guess, caveat I've been given or, you know, argument pushback is when NBA stars want something to happen, they make it happen, which is as we've seen. If somebody just wants to muscle their way to a situation, as Anthony Davis did with the Lakers, They kind of can do it because NBA stars have so much control. And it's true. If Giannis came out this summer and, again, like I said, just told the Bucs, like, I'm going to the Warriors, figure out a way to get me there and and recoup at least a minor bit of value in the process. But, again, Giannis is not going to do that this summer. 
I don't believe. Nobody around the league believes. And even if he did it next summer, you're correct. And the only really reason why he would is because he does like Steph Curry. They do have a friendly connection off the court. But that puts the Warriors under the pressure to figure out all the machinations that need to happen, including trading Clay Thompson, which, you know, let's ask this fan base how, what they would think about that. You know, even if they do that, then Giannis has to look at himself in the mirror and go, is this, is this a good idea competitively? As Steph ages into his mid-30s and the entire roster underneath would have to be like minimums to somehow fit under the hard cap. And you would have probably traded all your assets away to get Giannis in a sign and trade. I mean, whatever percentage chance you want to give it, 0.5%, let's say. (laughs) There is a 0.5% chance this world somehow exists beyond 2021 where we're through this pandemic that has just slashed prices. The Warriors somehow have 19 other things lead the way to Giannis and Steph being on the Warriors. All the things that need to happen is just, that's what makes it nothing like Durant. Well, a whole lot to think about, a whole lot to chew on, but as you mentioned, a whole lot of time to do just that. So Anthony, thanks for filling us in today. Yeah, no problem. To read Anthony's even more detailed breakdown of why the Warriors rode to land in Giannis, well, it's a whole lot bumpier than the one they took to land Kevin Durant. Just click the link in the description notes of today's podcast. Don't forget, you can now listen to this podcast through any of your Google devices. Just tell your assistant, play the update with Kate Scott Podcast. And if you aren't a subscriber to the written arm of The Athletic yet, it's still going. We've got a free 90-day trial subscription offer for you. So that's right, three months absolutely free before you've got to put down any dough. All you have to do is visit theathletic.com slash the update. That's theathletic.com slash the update. Sign up for the free 90 days and enjoy. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. For all of us here at The Update, thanks to Anthony for stopping by. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Kate Scott. Have a healthy and safe few days, everybody. Looking forward to talking some Stanford football with Stuart Mandel on Wednesday. 